Welcome to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. Marietta First is a community of disciples dedicated to living and serving faithfully our local community of Marietta, Georgia, and around the world. We are glad you're here. It is our prayer that this podcast offers you hope and grace on your own journey of faith. Today's scripture lesson is from John chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. Hear these words. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you'll stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Thank you, Sam. For the reading of our scripture this morning, Sam um, is part of the legacy here at Marietta First. His dad was a pastor twice over here, I believe, and we are grateful for his ministry here at our church. And Anthony, thank you. Where's Anthony? I know you went. Thank you very much for that. I like to walk by that hall, hall of pastors. It reminds me of the high calling that I have here in this church. So thank you for your wonderful words. And how about the music today? Okay, I'm going to... So it looks like they just turned the lights down on you, so don't go to sleep. (laughs) This is not the time for rest. (laughs) There we go. Thank you very much for just putting them back on just a little bit. Well, today concludes, as you've already figured out, the fourth week of our stewardship emphasis. It's our Commitment Sunday as we celebrate the legacy of 190 years of giving in this church In worship, we have been encouraged by this legacy. It's the legacy of Abraham, who God promised would all the families of the earth would be blessed through him, through his willingness to go and to step out in faith. We watched as King David passed the mantle of leadership to his son Solomon. And then last Sunday, we witnessed the legacy of our youth, and they did an amazing job here in the church as they talked about discipleship and community and service. But today, I wanna talk about the legacy of Jesus. Our scripture this morning, as Sam has read to you, is an unusual one for stewardship. It doesn't talk about money. There's no mention of money in it. It doesn't talk about a tithe. It doesn't talk about first fruits. It doesn't talk about the good steward. And, you know, it doesn't even talk about the widow's might. All are stewardship texts. But our text this morning is an Easter 
text. It's shared in the aftermath of the cross and the empty tomb. It's about resurrection. That's the legacy that we have as Christians is resurrection. We are recipients of resurrection and Easter Sunday and all its glory and it is the best day of the year. But inevitably, Monday always follows Sunday. It's not just what did I hear on Sunday, but how did I live it out on Monday? The measure of a good sermon, just so you know, isn't what you hear on Sunday, but it's how you live that sermon out on Monday and throughout the week. It's when the rubber meets the road. It's when we have to get back to work. It's when we have to live out our faith. And that's what the disciples did. They did that. They went back to fishing. They were workers. They were uh, working folk, fishermen by trade, and they went back to what they were doing before. And it was time to get the nets out again and cast them to see what they would get. So they got back to work. While they're working, Jesus shows up. It's amazing that Jesus often just shows up at the unexpected times. And there they are working, and Jesus shows up, and they catch a full net of fish, and they have a meal together. And once their bellies are full, once their bellies are full, Jesus turns to Peter. Now, now if, if you're like me, whenever I think of Peter, whenever I think of Peter, I can't help it. I just want to shake my head and say, bless his heart. It's hard to get past his denials. You're not one of his disciples, are you? No, I'm not. You're not one of his disciples, are you? No, I'm not. Didn't I see you in the garden with him? No, you didn't. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. And then, of course, we hear that familiar sound, and it's in the distance, but it's always there, and it's the sound of the rooster crowing. Jesus said it would happen that way, and of course it did. But that's how Peter is portrayed in the Gospels, and in John's Gospel, it's more than just I don't know him, it's I'm not his disciple. Now, I'm not sure what Jesus was thinking when he ultimately decides to hand what will be the future of the church into Peter's hands, but then again, Jesus didn't ask me. It's probably a really good thing that he didn't ask my opinion about that because for those of us standing on the sidelines, all we can do is shake our heads and say, mm, 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 I don't think he's a good choice. I don't think that's a good idea. I'm not really quite sure I would choose him. Are you sure about that? I mean, how do we know that Jesus maybe, maybe was wondering if it was a good idea too. That's why he asks him three times. Do you love me? Do you love me? Now, after the first time he asks him, Jesus says, do you love me more than these? And who he's referring to are his friends, are his family. It's a tall order to love Jesus more than we love our friends, to love Jesus more than we love our own families. But Peter says, you know I do. You know I do. Part of me wishes that it would end right there. Jesus loves Peter, Peter loves Jesus, let's call it a day. But that is not the legacy of the resurrection. It's not Jesus's legacy. 
It's about love, yes, yes. But Jesus is telling Peter, if, if, if you love me, if you really love me, if you love me, you will love me more than just with words. You will love me with the way you live your life. Monday just might be the most important day of the week. Theologian Henry Nouwen, I like to quote him a lot. He's got an excellent book on Christian leadership. And he says in his book, In the Name of Jesus, when Jesus asks, do you love me? The question is not how many people take you seriously, how much are you going to accomplish, can you show me the results, but are you in love with Jesus? Or put another way, do you know the heart of God? Do you know the heart of God? Is, it's a heart of flesh, it's not a heart of stone. It's a heart that has deep compassion for the suffering of the world. It's one that is willing to lay one's life down for another. It's one that cares for the sheep, the lost sheep, so much so that one is willing to go after that one lost sheep at the expense of the 99. It's the heart that hears and listens to the voice of the good shepherd. And so Jesus is asking the church today, do you love me? Most of us would say, yes, of course, we love Jesus, we love him. You know we do. But let me ask you this, are you in love with him? Last evening, we celebrated a, a wedding here in the church. It was a wedding of a Madison Long and her husband, Ben Ailinger. It was a beautiful, beautiful service. It was a great celebration. And one of the very special moments in any wedding for me is usually at the very beginning. What happens is, is that guests come and they're seated and then the groomsmen will begin to seat the mothers and the grandmothers. And then sometimes the groomsmen will line up. The groom is standing there and then the bridesmaids will begin to press, process in and they'll have on their beautiful dresses and their hair will be just so in their makeup for that special occasion. And then the doors will close. And then there's this moment of anticipation for the bride. And then the doors swing open and there you see the bride with her father. And they walk down the center aisle and they come and they stand here at the center. But there's a moment that can easily get lost on us. There's a moment that can easily get lost on us because the father is standing there with his daughter and the pastor asks a question. The pastor asks the question of, who gives this woman to wed this man? Now, sometimes the dad, he gets it right away. Sometimes he stutters a little bit and sometimes he needs a little bit of help from the pastor about what to say next. But inevitably, there is always deep emotion on his face. Often tears are brimming right there. But then something else happens. He says, her mother and I do. 
And then he turns to his daughter and he kisses her cheek and he turns to his soon-to-be son-in-law and shakes his hand and then he takes his daughter's hand and places it in the hand of his soon-to-be son-in-law and he steps back and they come together. Last night there was such a moving experience and I could see the dad's face and the tears in his eyes, and he was so moved that he took those hands that were clasped together and he kissed them. And he kissed them. The father is entrusting his daughter into the care of another, hoping that her husband will love her as much as he and her mother do. It is not unlike Christ who entrusts us with his sheep. It's the legacy of love from one generation to another. Do you love me more than these, Jesus asks. What's most beautiful, what you may not know about yesterday's wedding, is that the bride grew up in this church. Her family raised her in the church. The church is part of her Christian legacy. But there's something else that you may not know about this bride. The bride, Madison, received a call into the ministry from this church. And she went to seminary and she is now Reverend Madison of a United Methodist Church in Virginia. And boy, when you're around her, you know she loves Jesus. She's not the only sheep in this fold that has grown up here and gone into the ministry. I walk the halls of annual conference and every single year someone will say to me, you know, I I grew up in that church. I got my call of ministry in that church. Oh, that's a great church. That's a great church. But this church might be known for birthing pastors, but it's also known for birthing other kinds of professions. Educators, writers, doctors, attorneys, civic leaders, bankers, accountants, businessmen and women, politicians, musicians, scientists, and computer programmers, and firefighters and police officers. We heard those. And singers, we heard them all. We heard it all. People who are impacting the world. Last Sunday was our youth Sunday. It was great. It was such a great day to be in church. We heard from our youth and about the impact that this church has had on their life and on their call and how they're going to be leading in the future. But in addition to that, we had our tailgates, treats, and trails. And if you were here at that event, then you know that we had roughly over 400 people on our campus. Many of them were church members. A number of them were business owners with their trunks open, handing out candy. And still there were many others who came here from our community. They came here because they knew that here on our campus would be a fun and safe place for their families. Our children's ministry sponsored this event, but it took the church of all ages to make it happen. And if you went by that cakewalk, then you know that our senior adults know how to put on a cakewalk. And I know our kindred spirits, one of our Sunday school classes provided lots and lots of food and treats for that cakewalk. But here's something else that I heard. 
I heard that families often come to this church because they know that whatever we do, we do well. And whatever we do is always done with hospitality and with kindness. It's good to have that said about your church, but this isn't just a one-off. I don't think this is a one-off. I think that's the word on the street. Oh, I know there's a lot of scuttlebutt. We're not talking about that today. We're talking about the good, the good that is happening in this church. And folks know that at First Methodist, they know how to do things over there and they do them well. And when you go over to there, they're gonna be nice and friendly and I'm gonna feel welcomed. From time to time, a church must ask itself, would it matter to the community if this church was not here? Churches have to ask that question of themselves. Would it matter if Marietta first was not in the city of Marietta and that we did not exist? It's hard to imagine the city of Marietta without First Methodist because the church has been here as long as the city has been a city. And if this church was not here, and this is my own bias, if this church had not been here, then there, <laughs> that what people say about the city of Marietta and what they say about Cobb County, it wouldn't be as good because we make it a better city. We make it a better county. Did you know that Marietta was recently listed in Money Magazine? Maybe you don't know this. As one of the top 100 places to live in the country, it's number 35. It says it is a city built for family life. And don't think that this church didn't make that happen. I've shared with you the work of our strategic planning team. I know there's been word about it. And they've been meeting regularly for 14 months. They've done some, some good, good work, hard work, time-consuming work. And we've identified what we believe are our, our strengths, what are our weaknesses, what are our opportunities, what are our threats. And this team has assessed our current ministries. They have assessed uh, the needs of our community. They have spoken with local churches and national churches about best practices and identifying those things that are integral to a growing and thriving church. As you know, and if you participated, I'm thankful for it, you participated in a survey and the results of that survey were shared this past week and they are going to be part of the strategic plan. They are helping us plan for the future. <laughs> and we have an exciting and amazing future ahead of us. We've identified critical issues and areas of emphasis about our future. We've begun to detail these in this plan that's gonna see us out from the next three to five years. We need to get our mind focused on the things that matter. Because Jesus is asking the question, do you love me? Not where you stand on a certain issue, but do you love me? These, this plan will involve worship and families, young adults and prayer and discipleship and hospitality and outreach. And it'll be presented to the church council. And then 
it'll be available to the congregation and you'll be hearing more about it. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. We need your help. We need you to help us to continue to feed and tend to God's sheep right here in Marietta, in Cobb County, and around the world. We need you to go after the sheep, the one who is lost. We need you to listen to the voice of the shepherd. We need you to help us continue to raise the next generation of Christians. We need you to help alleviate the suffering around us. We need you to pray for this church and the world. We need you to be a witness to Jesus Christ in our community, in our workplaces, and in our schools. It is stewardship, my friends. And so I'm gonna say this. We need you to give of your financial resources. Not just because it's biblical, and it is, and not just because Jesus had a whole lot to say about it, because he did but because without your financial resources, we could not feed and tend to God's sheep for the next generation. We could not do it. We have inherited a legacy of 190 years, a legacy of service, a legacy of witness, a legacy of generosity. I wonder, I wonder how you will respond when someone asks you if you are a disciple of Jesus. Will you say, no, no, I'm not a disciple? Or will you instead show how deeply and madly in love you are with Jesus Christ, our Lord, and that we are committed to feeding and tending to the sheep of his fold, even if it takes us where we do not want to go? After all, it cost Peter his life. If you've never given to the church, and today perhaps is going to be the first time that you do so, thank you. I want to say thank you. We don't often talk about a tithe here in the church, but it's 10%. And maybe you're not at a tithe, and that's okay. But maybe today you're going to inch one step closer to a tithe, and I want to say thank you. Or maybe, maybe you already give a tithe and you can give just a little bit more. And if you can, I want to say thank you. But here's what I want you to know. Every single penny matters to this church. And we are good stewards of your financial resources. We will put it towards tending and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ. Whatever you decide, I want you to know that. Over these weeks, we've asked, what will your legacy be? And Anthony, it was not lost on me that you said maybe your legacy is paying the light bill. We can give to special offerings all we want. <laughs> this is not in my sermon. We can give to special offerings all day long. But if we don't have a church and we don't have a staff, then your special offerings are not going to be enacted. We can't do it. 
we need to pay the light bill. It's not glamorous. We got to pay the water bill. It's not glamorous. We got to pay the staff. And I want to say thank you so that I can pay my water bill and my light bill. But what you give will prepare us for our future. And I hope that we will, we will, when we consider our legacy, and what our legacy will be to this church, may it be a legacy of love. Not just on Sunday, but on Monday too. That is, after all, the legacy of Christ. Thank you for listening to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. For more information about Marietta First United Methodist Church, we invite you to connect with us online at mariettafumc.org or on Facebook at Marietta FUMC.